0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Black & Behavior. I'm your moderator, Nicole Robinson, and I am joined today with uh, Kia, Sharon, and Shauna. Um, Jeremy is on vacation today, and um, it's just going to be us four. This is the third episode of Black and & Behavior, and thank you so much for joining us yet again. I'm a, I'm a hello again, Sharon. Hi, Nikki. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We have two guests today, um, uh, Kia and Shauna. Hey, everyone. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Um, uh, Kia, would you care to introduce yourself?
1: Yes, um, I'm Kia. I am from Atlanta, Georgia, but I currently live in Texas um, with my husband and my hedgehog, Gatsby. Um, I've been in the field of ABA now for nine years. I've been a BCBA for six years. Um, and yeah, I love I love all things autism. I love all things working with um, creating and developing meaningful lives for everybody. That's kind of my mission going into how I work with our families, our clients. I just want everybody to have that chance at a functional and meaningful life.
0: Hey, so you're a BCBA in Atlanta. That's amazing. I mean, like, so cool. I, I'm excited to have just like more BCBAs. It's, it's amazing to me because I'm not a BCBA. I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> All I right. And you, yeah. oh, and can we get your pronouns, Kia, please? Um, she and her. Awesome. Um, Shauna, please introduce yourself.
2: What's up, everybody? I'm Shauna. Um, I'm currently in Sacramento, um, but I'm from the Bay Area. Um, I'm actually in my second to last semester to get my BCBA, um, super excited, um, <clears throat> love me some behavior. And, um, let's see, I have participated in some podcasts before, um, none um, that discussed behavior, so I'm really, really, ex- behavior in this manner, so I'm really, really excited about that, and um, I've got my dog here and my husband,
0: and yeah, we're just doing our thing wonderful can i get your pronouns too she heard her excellent um same for me and same for you sharon yes awesome all right so it's uh nice to have you all on and thank you for agreeing to be you know guests for black and behavior today i'm excited yeah, yeah
2: that so great
0: i'm, I'm so excited it. to have you
2: i'm excited part of
1: it. thank you guys for the um, hosting this platform, I think it, oh, it's important.
2: Important.
0: Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks to Katie for letting us do this, and for for the listeners out there. Yes, we are getting paid to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know that our labor is not going unpaid and unappreciated. So, and that's um, awesome too. Yeah, it's important. It's important. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here, getting money, and uh, as we <laughs> you know sit around and educate people on the book experience of ABA. Mm-hmm. so um so a little update i i think i um at, on one of the last episodes i i spoke about getting like a gig with dark horse right yes you did uh, yes i i spoke about getting a dig with uh, a gig with dark horse comics and i just concluded it and i was a sensitivity reader for them and I'm really <laughs> excited about having been a sensitivity reader. It um they they just sent me like a standard, you know, 24-page booklet kind of or no, a script. And I read it and I gave them my edits.
2: Okay.
0: And um I was really proud of all of the edits that I made. It was in, um, like an all-white team writing like an all-black cast, and they just wanted to make sure that they were being respectful of everything that was going on in the story and in the plot and in the dialogue, and um, I made edits to all of it. And I sent them in, and they took all of my suggestions, every oh, single wow. one of them. Wow, yeah, that is It is so awesome. It yeah. is so awesome. It's, it's like, it's really great that they, like, they asked me what I thought, and then I told them what I thought, and then they're like, "We are going to sit down and change everything that you had feedback on." And like, I'm just so ecstatic about this gig. That's <laughs> so, yeah, and so, yeah, hopefully they. Um... Well, thank you. Thank you. A that is great. Thank is you. Shout awesome. out to black comic nerds out there. for <laughs> <Yes, laughs> sure. We are. We are definitely out there, and um, I'm still doing um sensitivity reading work for comics and whatnot but yeah that that is a that's kind of mostly what i've been up to um what about you sharon
3: um nothing as exciting as that (laughs) okay uh just been just been working um doing my thing uh so nothing nothing very exciting like that but just um taking things day by day and trying to incorporate some self care
0: so I can feel good and Great. yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. And cool. um, also I want to tell you know that Jeremy is really excited to, um, Listen to this podcast and uh, see what we all have to say with our two uh, with our two guests. And he's sorry that he couldn't be here. Not too sorry; he's on vacation. I know. Good for you. But just in general, he was really excited about us all getting together and uh, talking stuff out. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome, so. Um, maybe we could all go around and give our own definitions of imposter syndrome. Um, my definition is um, being someplace where being someplace position wise, or maybe even just physically, where you pretty much belong, but you're you, you don't you feel like you belong there for one reason or another. Or maybe there's even like an element of self-sabotage mentally, just kind of like, maybe I don't belong here. Um, and you you feel weird about being in some sort of position. Um, does anybody else have like their take on what imposter syndrome is?
3: Yeah, I would say that I have pretty much the same definition as you, just feeling like you don't belong in a space, even though you might have the qualifications and the education.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: so for me, I would say that's my definition.
2: Okay.
0: Um, what about Kia?
1: Yeah, I agree with um, with you both on that. Also, just like an immense feeling of like self-doubt and almost like you're a fraud. Even Mm -hmm. though, like, you're not, you have the credentials, you have the schooling for, you have the experience, but that self-doubt just really permeates, and you feel like you just don't belong, like you're just a fraud in whatever this space
2: is.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shauna?
2: You guys touched on most of it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. I'm here for all three of the definitions. Okay. Yeah. I just think it, like... um, you know, for me, it manifests itself a little bit differently. Um, like, I think that went across from like my work life to like social to like my personal. So um, yeah, yeah, I think I'm just really excited that we're about to talk about this. But hey. you guys just definitions are on point for me.
0: All right. Well, maybe Shauna, you can um, take it away just to give us your take. How does it manifest differently for you?
2: Um, well, for me... I think my biggest transition was like moving from one area to another in California. And, um, I guess just not everybody. hmm. I, I felt that like in order for me to be taken seriously or for me to prove myself, I needed to work extra harder. And like, Mm -hmm. I always felt like that wasn't good enough. Like so-and-so, you know, who, whomever else my colleagues were, they, they can do it better. So you need to do it better. Um, you know, just pushing myself and um, yeah, like it's, it's not healthy. And so, you know, Sharon had mentioned about self-care. So that's something that I try to reel in is like, hey, like just because somebody else does it a certain way, doesn't mean that like, you know, the way you're doing it is wrong or like, it's okay if you feel otherwise, uh, you know, another way. So
0: that's just right off the bat that I can think of. Um, I'm
2: sure something else will come to me.
0: Yeah, we we will uh, bounce back and forth, so no pressure to get it all out. And uh, this, this is conversational. Okay. Um, uh, what about you, Kia? Yeah,
1: I, um, I definitely experienced um, this the first, like, three years, I would say, being a BCBA. I was 23 when I got my certification, so I was very young. I was the youngest one in the room. Um, and it really started to kind of kick in for like IEP meetings at schools mm-hmm. because I would just see everybody around me. Everybody was well into their 30s. They didn't look like me. Um, when I was 23, they I still looked 17. So, you know, they would make comments like, oh, are you the college intern? And I'm like, no, I'm the, the BCBA that's writing all of these reports. And then, kind of what Shauna was saying, just feeling like I had to do that much more um, to prove myself. And I had several moments where I just felt like, yeah, I don't don't belong here. I let that self doubt really get to me to the point where there was a time period where I even questioned if I wanted to continue working in the field because no one looked like me, no one was my age. Um, So it kind of forced me to try to connect with others like me in the field. Um, and then start to realize like, no, like I do have a seat at the table. I contribute a lot to this field and, you know, it just, it took a while to get to that point though. That's so
2: wonderful. I I feel like I just got to that point where I am, you know, super happy or super willing to share my thoughts and what I think, because I'm like, Hey man, I got to fight to sit at this table. So if I'm here, I might as well say something. Mm Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah.
1: And Shauna, like, I'll be honest, like, you you know, and definitely use me as support since I've been through what you're getting. Ready oh, to go through. Then, I
2: appreciate
1: that. Yeah, yeah. when you go into that arena, like, being a, a young Black woman in the field, you're gonna feel that even more so than that level when you go from being a therapist to a BCBA, because then... People expect that much more out of you. So with that, of course, you know, expectations comes more doubt, right? Because you put mm-hmm. that pressure on yourself.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like so it's- stays up till 10 o'clock doing, you know, work. I think I spent like three years staying up till like one or two because I was like, yeah. Well, you know, you're here, you have to prove yourself. Um, you know, not making as many mistakes. So I appreciate that because I'll be honest, when I <laughs> when I first came around here, I was like, nobody looks like me I got to be I got to
3: be yeah so Shauna I'm I mean I'm in Sacramento too so we're gonna have to link up and um I've been meaning to like message you for a while now and maybe I was just being too shy (laughs) so (laughs) I'm glad that you're on this podcast because we should definitely connect and I relate to all of your guys's experiences. Um, I struggle with it. I, it kind of comes in waves where I feel okay. like, okay, I deserve to be in this space. And then there's other moments where I really have a lot of self doubt, um, okay. especially being a BCBA and not really seeing other people that look like me at all. And, and a lot of the times it it creates a lot of insecurities, yeah. a lot of doubt. Um, So it could be a struggle. It's it's definitely hard. So it's nice that I'm able to chat with you all.
0: I'm going to use all 'all. (laughs) y'all. I'm like, I'm just like a couple thousand dollars away from like paying off my credit card bill. And I want to go back to college. Um, My imposter syndrome is like different like it also manifests different I mean there's there's a little bit in like every facet of my life I think Mm
3: -hmm. um
0: but like in ABA specifically I think it manifests in like not having any expectations and always working like three times harder than I think or perceive other people to work Mm -hmm. so I'm just like working 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 I I try to be as like valuable to the company as I possibly can to like make it harder to fire me because like at other jobs I've been just so undervalued and I've always been like the newbie on the case or not, not the case but the newbie on the job and like always the first one to like get booted if uh if business is weird or the first one to get booted if there's ever any drama. So like I finally have a job that like pays me this much and I actually like it and I'm really good at it. And Mm -hmm. so I'm just like, if I, get if i like do everything then it's going to be like that much harder to fire me so i'm like i i went and i got like all of these side positions and i volunteer for everything just so i'm just kind of like yeah i I do all of these extracurriculars so like you you value me right you like you'll keep me here (laughs) you'll you'll talk to me if there's ever any like complaints or drama instead of just firing me like my other jobs so there's like there's that and um another facet would be, um, childcare to ABA. Like, I don't know if I look like it, but I am in my thirties and yeah, I'm in my thirties. And so like a lot of the BCBAs that I work with are a lot younger than me. And so I'm just kind of like, maybe I should go back to college so that I can be a BCBA too. Cause like all of my BCBAs are like several years younger than I am. And it's it's kind of a struggle to like look so young, but to actually not be so young because of you know kind of ageism. Yeah. <laughs> and, sure. Yeah, and so somebody's just kind of like, well, she's like what, 24? Uh, we may as well hire somebody who actually looks like they're 30. And I'm just kind of like, but I'm 32. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 30, actually yeah. really old. I, too. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, Okay, I don't want to say old, but like, no, I was gonna say, you know what I mean. I'm not, I'm not old, but it's just kind of like not in my 20s. And, and it's just like, can I even go back to college? I go to bed at eight o'clock. I can't stay up at, to one o'clock doing essays, I'll I'll be miserable. Can I even learn new things? Gosh. I can. <laughs> I, yes, yes. I yes. mean, I can. It's just got to be between the hours of like seven a.m. and eight p.m. <laughs> That's
2: okay. Yeah,
0: Thank I uh, I, I worked in I want to say daycare. I worked in childcare for like ten years before wow. coming over to ABA, and so I'm just kind of like. I was a professional in daycare and then I come here and then everybody here has been like a career professional in ABA. And mm-hmm. so I'm just kind of like, I have experience, but it's like a whole different kind of experience. And there's like a little bit, I want to say of a, what's it called? Of a imposter syndrome in that. Cause I'm just kind of like, yeah, I was a daycare teacher for, you know, that long. And then other people are like, I got masters. And I'm like, cool, yeah. cool. I don't well, like-
1: well, then- let me say something, what you just said. Mm-hmm. Those are honestly my favorite BTs to work with when mm-hmm. you start off in a daycare or a school environment. And I say that because it is easiest, easier to teach like ABA, more DTT, behavior reduction than it is to teach any team natural skills. And I always find that my therapists that have backgrounds in like school, general population, daycares, that they tend to understand the why behind it a bit more mm-hmm. than a superstructure. We're doing this take data. Like I'm not that kind of BCBA. So it's funny how our own like feelings and like doubts can be another person's <laughs> like Wow! Like this is great, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So even that kind of like helps me get out of those that, that mindset. Like this, my way works for somebody. So yes,
0: for sure. I love that. Come to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, any clients I can have out there? <laughs> um. And yeah, I I remember you said a little bit about like, how people would never assume that you were in the position that you were in and would assume that you were not a BCBA. Like I will walk around with my families and people would just call me the nanny. And because of HIPAA, I'm just kind of like, sure, (laughs) I'm (laughs) the nanny. Why not? I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, actually, this child is, no, I'm just like, sure, I'm I'm nanny, whatever. Usually the parents will correct, but um, I don't, I don't, I don't care. But I, uh, I think, I think where my imposter syndrome mostly pops up is um, just kind of having no expectations for anything, which is it sucks it's super lame but i'm just kind of like if you don't have expectations you can't get disappointed (laughs) and i just don't expect anything to happen for me and then like when it does it's great but like i never expect it to go my way Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm trying to work on it i guess but it's just kind of like that's how it's like safe and easy for me to like overcome disappointment in the Mm -hmm. field but like for all of the listeners out there listening, I'm just kind of like, this is how much representation matters. Um, every one of us has have um has said something along the lines of like, nobody around here looks like me. And so like that leads to imposter syndrome, which in turn can like affect a whole bunch of things. So Indeed. that's yeah. Yeah. I think with
3: me, one of my insecurities is not being taken seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, Kia and Shauna, do you ever have that insecurity of maybe because you look differently that people may not respect you as much or they just may not um, take you as serious as another supervisor? Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, um,
2: sorry, go ahead, Shauna. No, no, please.
1: I think initially the first, like I said, two, three years, I felt like that. And um, I have a very like bubbly personality, so I smile a lot and I, I like to joke and laugh. Mm-hmm. But I think that that makes me relatable to like, like BTs. I've I've always had really good, you know, rapport with them and my families because of that. I'm not really like a stern type of BCBA, but a lot of the BCBAs I worked with initially were very like clinical, stern, not very much relatable. So then I was like changing my personality, but then I was like, no, like I don't, I don't like this. And if people are just going to have to learn to like take me seriously without me being like, hi, I'm Kia, this is the report, this is this. And that didn't get teacher buy-in, like me me being myself is what ended up like, I think um, taking my career to the next level when it came to relating to teachers in schools, working with them, working with families. So it's not like I'm like a know-it-all type deal, but I kind of know how to like shape it up when it's that time to be firm. So I think now I've developed like a good boundary between being firm and asserting myself when I do come into a room that I did not have the first two three years being a BCBA. Um, I was much more timid, and then trying to change my personality to fit into what I thought people would like want
0: me to mm-hmm. be. Yeah. And, like, like, I, I just want to say, like, Lord knows we're just so used to doing that kind of stuff. Like, forcing right. our personality to be fluid and, like, changing right. from however you think that you're perceived to, like, to be some kind of way to, like, just kind of, what's it called? Code switch? However, code switch.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I stink of code switching. I mean, even <laughs> my name. Even my name. Like, My real name is Lashana, but I learned really young that like, I mean, a little background, I um, grew up in a very white affluent area. Um, And uh, I just knew that I was like, oh, well, if you use Shauna, you're gonna like get into the better classes. Or if you present yourself as Shauna, like all the honors classes and all the AP classes and all through college, it was just Shauna. And I mean, I had friends who I'd known for over 10 years and their mouth was gaping when they were like, Lashana, And I was like, yeah. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's my name. And they're like, what is going on? And I was like, I just, I just honestly thought that I could like get ahead. And then when I found this career, I was like, you've been doing it this long, you better keep going. Um, like, you know, your colleagues are going to respect you more, like, you know, doing parent trainings and things like that. Like people are going to respect you more. Um, so yeah, I actually, um, I like, what is it? Overgeneralized. So when I first started mm-hmm. in the field, I was like, not, I wasn't mean, but I wasn't very friendly. And like, I was just like, I'm here to do a job. I want to be taken very seriously to the point to one of the BCBAs during a team meeting was like, just say hello. Like you can say, like they, they asked you how your weekend was. And I was like, it's none of their business. I'm here to do a job. <laughs> I had a great weekend, Yeah, I was. Oh yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh my god yeah he was like you can say how your weekend was and I was like it's been two minutes like we said our hellos let's keep going and he's like yeah, you need to work on this and yeah so, yeah and so years later I, I you know I really you know Kia tried to you know shape that behavior I like okay you can say hello and how your weekend is and it's not gonna like your whole like career and everything you work for isn't gonna crashing down like right. <laughs> have a conversation oh yeah um I think a couple of years ago, a great BCBA gave me some um, like work and she's like, you are so great at like trying to use behavior jargon, but she's like two hours I was nodding off and she's like, you're interacting with others. And I was like, what do you mean? Like I'm getting the job done. I'm like teaching. And she's like, okay, but like read this article and let's talk yeah. about it during our next supervision. And I still to this day laugh about it. Cause I was like, to- so taken aback. Like, what do you mean? I am doing this job. And she's like, I know what you're like the minute you step out of session. She's like, marry the two, like merge these two. So yeah, still a work in progress.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's really good advice. I feel like you have to find that good in between. Because for me too, similar to you, Kia, I... I joke around with my BTs. I'm not a very like strict BCBA and that's okay. I think that we have to realize that there's a lot of different teaching styles and being professional doesn't have to look and sound one way. And hopefully um, I'm demonstrating that to my, my supervisees that you don't have to be this one person. Mm -hmm.
1: We appreciate it. You can be like when it's time to firm it up. Yes that's like the one area if I, if if we are doing like some kind of behavior strategy, I'm like, all right. So instead of saying, you know, come to the table, sometimes Mm -hmm. you do have to say, you know, it's time to sit down. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. you can, you gotta mix it up. But Mm -hmm. like you said, it's like, I just think the most important thing is finding your own way, like your own style. And you can take that from all your supervisors Mm-hmm. but not trying to just like be like a person right. that you see, be mm-hmm. because then you're never going to be authentic. Your therapist will know that your parents will know that. And then you're going to be going through the motions every day. Like I'm not being myself. So just kind of gets to that point where it's like, you're going to accept me for how I am. And then you then years later, you're like, look at me now. Like, you know, it's worked well for me. So I'm just going to keep rolling. Exactly. You know, yeah. go from there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We spend so much like time doing mental gymnastics about like how we're perceived and we always have to like walk that tightrope of like professionalism and identity and just like higher ability and just everything to like, it's just self-preservation at some point. But like, Mm -hmm. I like when we are able to like be our authentic selves and like, It it just sometimes it's hard to get there because for so long we have to like do like worry about how we're perceived in order to like. Like, um, I I uh have a European name (laughs) and I am I'm I'm, I want to say that I'm like I'm happy that I got this name. I don't feel like I would have been able to get all of the opportunities that I have gotten if my name wasn't European and it shouldn't be like that though. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody should be able to, you know, with whatever name they have, get access to the same resources. So like, you know, (laughs) Mm. but yeah, thank you everybody for that. So, um, Shauna touched a little bit on how she overcame imposter syndrome. Does anybody else want to talk a little bit about um, how they overcame their imposter syndrome? Um, I think for me, and
1: Holly shouldn't have been this way, but just being honest, it was me seeing the results of my work. mm -hmm. And then that being like the proof I was good enough. It shouldn't have taken that though. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it did. it 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 took it took for me to have to get the feedback from people like, "Wow, like whoever Kia, well Jackson, that's my maiden name. Whoever Kia, Kia Jackson is, like this report is bomb." Or like, you know, this kiddo went from thirty two instances per day of SIB to less than two. It, it took the the data and the feedback for me to not have that anymore. Um, like I said, that's not the best thing to do because then you're always, it's still kind of up, you're still waiting for that. But that's pretty much how I ended up overcoming it. And then I, after a certain amount, I was like, you know what? I'm really good at this. I And then it became more about how the families felt about me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much at that point, all I really cared about was, wow, like I'm getting, I'm impacting. That's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like I'm making an impact. The families are like, before you, they weren't doing X, Y, and Z. You've changed my child's life. You know, that kind of, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very empathetic person.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So that kind of struck me more like, wow, like I really am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So pretty much how I broke out of it. And every now and then I still have moments depending on the realm I'm going into. Luckily at this point, I do have experience across multiple settings but like when I used to work at a psychiatric hospital a couple years ago oh my gosh when I was at that treatment table with psychiatrists doctors I was like yeah I, I suck like what's I don't know what I'm doing but <laughs> again so then kind of back to the data it took the data for me to realize like okay I am decreasing behavior I am increasing skill acquisition um so that's kind of how over, it, over Okay, here.
2: I love it thank you <laughs> Kia yeah. That's that's so cool. I like. I almost like it when I walk into a house and there, and parents are like, "No, no, no," or caregivers. I like to say they're like, "No, um, we don't know if this is going to work." And I've said something like, "Give me thirty days." And I talked to the BCBA. I was like, "It got to that point where I was like, I feel like I am that good. Give me thirty days," and it made me happy when. They're like crying as it's the last day, and they're like, Aww. you know, can we pay you to do this? And I'm like, you know, that you know, no, 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 guys, come on, no, yeah, no. <laughs> you remember, you remember, we went over this. In oh, training, like, yeah. <laughs> and those are things that I like. Is where um for me, like, you know, it's reinforcing. Like, we don't think this is going to work, and I'm like, let me show you. Like, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. It's, my, you know, it's going to work in some capacity. So
3: that's funny. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. For me, I I still feel like I battle with it um i feel like i've been feeling a lot of it as of lately um but for me i just have to do like a lot of positive self-talk and tell myself that i do deserve to be in this space Mm -hmm. and obviously i'm doing a good job because i'm still here and i've been able to move up so i just have to remind myself and like you said Key and shauna um having that feedback from families and your staff members telling me that, you know, they enjoy working with me and things like that, that helps as well. But I, I try to talk to myself and uh, be my own cheerleader, I guess. Um, So that, that helps, but still work to do.
0: (laughs) I'll cheer you on Sharon, you're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to pep talk, hit me up on Teams. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But that's just
2: it, guys. I think we should stay pep talking. Like I think I didn't I didn't hear that for like so long. Um, and I would say like the past couple of years, it's been really great. Like this, you know, this pep talk. Like, it's great. Um, you know, have you know, doing the self-talk like you were talking about, Sharon, is is awesome. But I mean sometimes that like, you know, social
0: media. Oh yeah. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. For yeah. sure. Hmm. Um uh anybody else want to share anything that helped them before i take a turn <laughs> so i want to say ways that i overcome my self-doubt is um i will kind of fish for compliments from my superiors <laughs> i'll like go to my supervisor i'm just i'm just a bt like i'm, I'm sitting here with program supervisors and bcbas and like no I'm girl, like, you are not just a BT. No, I wasn't gonna let that slide. I am technically. You're a BT. I'm a BT. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I'm a BT, but like every once in a while, I'll like fish for compliments from my supervisor and be like, "Hey, how was session today?" And you know. Typically, I'll get like much needed feedback, which I will immediately implement. But like usually they'll just be like, Nikki, you're so amazing. This family loves you so much. And like uh, my client will run to the door at me and be like, Nikki, I miss you. I love you. And, you know, just like all of that. And it just kind of pumps me up. I love that. Um, I I used to have the clearance to do overlaps. And um, when I did overlaps and I would train new BTs, I would get requests after the overlap they'll be like hey i want more training and can i get nikki though like she was really great i loved getting trained by nikki specifically and like i would be on a case and then leave a case because of i don't know a scheduling issue or something and then like the parents would come to katie and just kind of like can we get nikki back on our case we really liked her and um i really I love being that much, like having that much impact on uh, clients and parents and other co-workers of mine and like being a shining example for the BCBAs that I'm working under, um, all like I used to do training and like the people who I would train would like their faces would light up when I walked into their room <laughs> because of the human connection that I had with people and like that was great for me. Like, I was just kind of like, okay, I may not be the best at DTT or, you know, technical, but like, because I spent 10 years in childcare, I'm great at talking to parents. I'm great at talking to kids. I'm great at thinking about uh, ABA outside of the box and how it will benefit like people in the community and people in, you know, educational spaces, you know, and generalizing and stuff like that. So like, I um I, I look for it in I guess peers. That's I think that's where I, I do it. I'm like, I'm I'm great at this because my client says so. <laughs> and data helps too, but ultimately if I'm if I'm doing my job and my client is still running up to me at the beginning of the day just kind of like "Nikki, hello. It, it's been an entire weekend and I didn't see you for 2 days <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that I haven't seen you in that long then I'm just kind of like I'm doing a good job. <laughs> I I deserve to be here and I I deserve to like go to college and like do all of this. I I deserve deserve all of that. So like you yeah. you completely yeah. do. Thank you. Um, a quick aside, we can cut this out. Um, Amanda, did you say we were talking for uh, 40 minutes or is that? I think so. We can't hear you.
3: I think it's more like 30 minutes now. 32 minutes left. 32 minutes left.
0: Left. Okay.
3: Okay.
2: And then I'll leave and Liz joined us.
0: Yay, Liz. Hi, Liz. Hey. Liz is great. All right, we'll we'll continue back on the podcast. <clears throat> but yeah, thank you for telling us all about, um, you know, <laughs> how you overcome imposter syndrome. I, I I hope that people listening to this podcast will get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have spoken a little bit about barriers to uh, getting into this uh getting into this field and um shauna i would love to hear about any barriers that you're aware of whether it is um a barriers that you've experienced yourself or barriers for clients that you've seen or um barriers for new hires new hires have like articulated to you just go ahead and tell me um <clears throat> i guess um I
2: stumbled into this field because I actually wanted to be a pediatric nurse and that didn't pan out. And so I was like, well, I am going to do something with like young adults and children. And so, um, yeah, uh, I got into this field. Um, I would say eons ago when I did, um, I, I would say, I guess like community outreach to me, um, and not just at like schools, but um, in different areas, I think of the community would be great for us to like kind of take a stand and rep- and to show everybody, uh, you know, what ABA is and the benefits of it. And um, whoopsie, there goes a. And also, just you know, I for me, I I think I like I'm a TA kind of a person. Like, if I know like the expectations and they are clear cut, then I'm like, boom, boom, boom. And so, for others of you that are out there that kind of think like that and operate like that, I think that would be really helpful because um, even just getting into the, getting into the program, like a master's program, I think I spent almost a year just dancing around it, not sure what to do. And um, one of the BCBA's um, who works for Katie in the Bay Area, she she's worked, she she and I worked together for like almost six seven years, and she's like, this is what you need to do if you need help, like I will help you. And like, this is how you can do it. And I was like, I constantly to this day still thank her. Um, (laughs) I appreciate that. Um, I guess some barriers, like with my, um, with some clients. um, I would say self-care has been an interesting thing. Um, Like I have definitely provided feedback um, to everybody in my team when it came to certain um, programs. certain like socialization, like socializing goals. I've given some feedback about it. Um, Like family dynamic too. Um, I was like, well, the, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, say this as articulate and um, as professional as I can, but I'm going to, I'm going to say something. Um, I just thought that was really important. And so I just think like everybody open your mind a little bit, like take a minute. I know we're here to do a job and you know, it's, Pretty systematic, but like take a step back and like think about how you're presenting things and how you're programming. I think it's so crucial. I'm like on this crusade.
0: Yes, <laughs>
2: I, I am because I I will never forget one time somebody wrote this goal, and I it was about like washing hair or combing hair, and the first thing I said as I was like that's not going to work, and they're like what do you mean? And I was like take a like look look at this individual <laughs> like that is not mm-hmm. work yeah, and, and so I just of had to like argue my point but again um i stood my ground i was like you guys like, we can do better
0: yeah i am um, i is is that I, I i use that example that you've told me about the hair brushing all the time like yeah in, yep. uh, in my trainings i think we did that training together <laughs>
2: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah culturally competent care oh my yeah i am a big believer of
2: that um mm-hmm. i've also had some families like I don't know, like, how many kids do you have? They just assume that I have children. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, oh, aren't these your kids? And I'm like, no, um, I don't have any children right now. Um, Oh, well, how do you know? Um, Things like that. I think for another company, um, I wasn't working for the legacy company, but uh, this caregiver was screaming at me and was like, I'm not letting you in my house till you tell me all your like credentials and all, you know, what degrees you have and things like that. And I was like, lady, I got the BT out of there, and I was like, "This is not like a great work environment." So those have just been some barriers. Um, I've had to, I've been asked off a team because um they could tell I was black. Um, I am half black and half white, but just the family was like, "Nope." Um, I've been asked off a team because I'm left-handed. Um, and culturally, for that family, like that, I got it was um they felt it was like really disrespectful. So um, I left. But um yeah, I just took it in stride. Um. I think if it happened to be older, I think like now, I think I would have taken it more to heart. But back then I was like, okay, fine. There's other, you know, cases that need a direct staff. That's fine.
0: <laughs> okay. Wow. You're so strong, Shauna. I, mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there have been times that i have like, I don't understand. And then again, there's a BCBA in the Bay Area, Michelle San Jose, I'd like to give a shout out. She has been like behind my back forever. She's so wonderful. Um, great, I'm
0: Um, Kia.
1: Okay, so several <laughs> barriers. Um, I guess barriers overall in the field that's like near and dear to my heart is resources mm-hmm. for adults with special needs. That is my ultimate, um, I have two life goals um, in mm-hmm. this career is global outreach and um, working with adults with special needs. So it's just like early intervention, which is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Most of my clients are six and under. However, it's like autism or, or, or ADHD or, you know, it doesn't stop at age 18. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I am all for, as I said before, uh, individuals living many meaningful lives. So I'm huge on vocational skills. I'm huge on independent living. Um, I got the opportunity to work at a place in Atlanta while I was getting my BCBA and I volunteered because I needed indirect hours, but it turned out to be one of my best experiences ever. Mm-hmm. And it was a place where, I mean, they had jobs, we taught them community skills, and just to see, I get emotional thinking about it because, um, whew, sorry. oh, sorry. Okay. Um, if you cry, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah.
2: Don't be sorry. Like I had
1: a couple of clients that were like, you know, look, Kia, I got, I got, I got my first paycheck and I never thought I have a job. And that just made me feel like, this is why we do this. And when I have tough days at work, I think about that time when it's like, we're preparing our littles to be able to live meaningful lives when people, they shut them out or just think they're going to be in like a home or something. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh, guys. Um, <laughs> that's a barrier. Um, another overall barrier is the lack of resources in uh, predominantly Black neighborhoods. I'm from Atlanta. Have you ever been to Atlanta? Most of the ABA centers in Atlanta are in North or East Atlanta. That's going to be your Alpharetta's, your Cobb County, Um you know, it's it's not going to be South Atlanta. It's not going to be southeast or southwest Atlanta where there is the more predominantly um, black community. So, Shauna, you mentioned like you, you walked into a home before and then you've been turned away because, you know, you they, they could tell you were, you know, you're black in their mind. You know, they didn't even know, know anything about you. I've definitely experienced that, where it's like, oh, you're our BCBA? Well, what happened to so-and-so who did my intake? And that was a white woman. Um, But then when I had my Black families, I almost got a gasp of fresh air, like, you're our BCBA? Thank you. Because before, I've only had other BCBAs that, back to your point, didn't understand the family dynamics of uh, a different culture, didn't understand... Mm -hmm. Why does my child have a goal for shampooing their hair every day? That's not what, what we do. And for you not to be sensitive to that, you know? So I kind of got that at that time, like that barrier with, okay, they don't want me because like, well, what about the other person? But then seeing it's also a barrier when my other black families were like, finally, somebody like you. So that's a barrier for our families um, as well. So yeah, I just I think that we 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 just have to do better. But it starts with people like us that are doing this podcast, talking to people like you. Hey, out there, there's. <laughs> it's not just about um, ABA to where it benefits your area. You got to think outside of that. So um, I do know that Eden is looking at open up opening up some more centers um, in other areas, which that was one of my suggestions when I came. I kind of came in the ground running like, hey, so what about this area? Is that in the works? Because right now we have have all these up here, Duluth, uh, Forsyth. That's awesome. But our our other babies down here, they they need our help um, as well. So that's uh, another huge, huge barrier.
0: What was the name of that county? Cop County? So
1: Cobb County. CO, Cobb. East Cobb is a very affluent area. Most of my clients in East Cobb, um, I started out with very affluent area, um, predominantly white. All my clients were whiter. Um, had a few Asian clients at that time. But West Cobb, depending on the area that you're in, um, there was no resources. So then that's when I at that time was living in Southeast Atlanta. I was driving over an hour every day to to service kids out there because there wasn't any ABA center in proximity. And those are my practices. So they were like, "Wow, you're driving out here to West Cobb," and I'm like, "Yeah, and yeah, it wasn't the best to to drive every, an hour every day for them to drive an hour back to East Cobb and an hour back down to my house." But you know, it it was worth it because they had somebody that you know, cared about them in Mm -hmm. their child's life and took the time to be more than a BCBA. You got to be, you got to be more than a therapist. Um, And like you said, Nicole, like your strength, which I want to emphasize again, you know, you're not just a BT, a BT, you know, your strength, how you said you have that where you can be creative and think outside the box. That's Mm -hmm. the kind of work that I like to do. It, it just, by the book, ABA does not work for me. Yes, I, I am. I do have a clinical background. So I can talk all the jargon and follow mm-hmm. all the assessments. But then I'm like, yeah, but we're also gonna target this. And no, it didn't come from an assessment, but it's because it's functional and I can explain it to you. And then it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, don't make your reports copy and paste because it comes from, from the VB map. That's not mm-hmm. what we're here. We're gonna make it to where it's functional to where our kids can live meaningful lives. Again, mm-hmm. it all comes back to that. Not to yeah. check off a box on an assessment right. insurance company to approve hours. I just, I can't work like that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think um, you can definitely have the clinical background but you also need to have some other qualities and um, it takes more than just that that education to be a good leader and a good supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I would say one of the biggest barriers for me is having or not having um, a mentor. Um, I think that's a common issue across the board is a lack of mentorship, especially for for us, um, and specifically having a mentor of from the same community. I've never personally, I've never had um, a black supervisor, uh, never, and I would have loved. To have that and I think that would have really helped me especially with the topic that we were talking about before with imposter syndrome I think having that that model would have really benefited me um, I was gonna ask you guys have you ever had a black supervisor? No,
1: nope.
2: yes He <laughs> was a yes, I mean this is like some unicorn stuff like yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was a black male and I yes I promise you and it was great because he taught me so much he um I think one of my first few FAs I did was with him as well um like it he was he was so great and I remember being like are you gonna stay (laughs) like this was really cool um uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I have some colleagues outside of Cadient who um, are of individuals of color. And so I definitely reach out to them um, mm-hmm. and talk to them, too. Um, it's pretty great. But no, um, that was like over eight years ago when oh, I wow. had that. Yeah. So that was quite a while ago. Um, but mm-mm, not, a, yeah, not a black supervisor. since.
1: What no. about you, Kia? Yeah? I've never had a black supervisor. Um, really? So when I did have a supervisee who was going through her process um, to become a BCBA. When I tell you I, I worked with her so much because I saw so much of myself in her and I knew the importance of like what I lacked in that. I mean, we we would talk outside of session about the imposter syndrome. About, I mean, it was it was me like basically coaching her, like get prepared. To walk into this room and not feel like you are mm-hmm. adequate, nobody cares about you. You're going to see people that are well into their 40s and they're all going to be white, mm-hmm. I'm you, you know, especially the areas that we were serving at that time. Um, nobody looks like us, so and you know, now she's a, she's a a, a a brilliant BCBA, I love her. She's uh-huh. so, simple. um, and uh-oh. okay, um, so I knew then at that time, like. Yeah. Like she needs me. Like, so anytime I do have like a supervisee, especially the ones that are kind of on that track, I'm like, let's take more time out, you know, to work outside of just this session, because it's so much more than me just signing off your supervisor paper for the, for the BACB checkoff. So, but yeah, I've never had, I've never had a black supervisor at all. Just me. Um,
0: (laughs) I've had black supervisors, um, but like we also have a problem in this area for very high turnover. So um, like I had a black supervisor and she was amazing. Um, I had gotten a complaint from a white family and like i don't even think it was my problem i i think it was theirs but nobody bothered to like ask me what happened or like my point of view on what happened or anything and like all of the white supervisors were like running around just really just excited to give me this write-up right and then (laughs) my black supervisor came and calmed all of the other ones down was just kind of like has anybody actually talked to nicole about what happened and they were just like no (laughs) and um So she was just like, all right, all of you step off. I will handle this. And um, she asked me and she had me come into the office and she's just like, sweetie, what happened? And I let her know. And she's just like, that's not a you thing. That's a them thing. And I'm so sorry that happened. I'm sorry you missed out on this promotion because of this. And like, I'm, I'm going to do my best to take care of it. And I've got your back. And I was just like, thank you. And then she left two weeks later. (laughs) And, uh, uh, yeah, it it was it was really hard to see her go. Um, So, like, technically, yes, I have had a black supervisor all since then. Um, All of my supervisors have been white. Um, I have a black BCBA on one of my cases, but she's not my personal supervisor. So she's like on my case and I work with her with this like one kiddo. But. That, that's about it. Um I would like to have a black supervisor again. That would be amazing because I I feel like we would have that racial camaraderie and they will have my back if like something really messed up happens again, uh, they will like have the you know the decency to talk to me and figure out what happened and will have my back because they know how hard it is and they know I'm doing my best. Um but like yeah, we'll we'll see if that ends up happening. Um, I, I I have some supervisors that I feel comfortable talking to, so at least I have that, even yeah. if they're not black. And hopefully, right. we will be able to like calm down the turnover, so that like if I get another black supervisor, I can keep her this time or keep them, whoever. Um, but yeah, I, I for a second did want to talk about a couple barriers. So like in ABA. A lot of people are, they feel like they can't be an ABA if they don't have a car. And, um, that is a barrier that I've spoken to our old, uh, recruiter about. I'm just kind of like, actually I got into recruitment so that I could help tweak the recruitment system in my area. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, I want to be a hiring attache so that I can like know the process so that I can fix it. <laughs> like, can you have a uh, like? What what kinds of things get you automatically thrown out of the um, the hiring pool? Do you, if you have like a criminal record, which we're over policed, so we're sometimes more likely to have them for like not really doing anything, um, but it can still be a barrier to employment or not having a car. Systemic, you know oppression and you know just kind of being broke we can get a car after getting hired we could save up for one but like not having a car is that immediate grounds for not getting hired things like this i wanted to know and like open a discussion about so i became a hiring attache and um started you know just opening conversations about you know barriers that i thought might be um you know barriers for recruitment of people of color and um also i even like did a training about this like where we're hiring um if all of your hiring people are white where are they going to advertise um this this uh this company to get hirers are they going to like they they'll probably be looking in the same spaces. Um, like hiring at HBCUs is like cool in theory, but there's so many more places where people look for jobs. And also, part of it is um, community involvement. Like I worked in I always say this, but I worked in childcare for ten years, and I did not know about ABA. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like. Not a lot of people know about it because I certainly didn't. Um, I don't know why it never like ran across because I certainly knew about autism. I worked in um, I worked in schools. I worked in daycares and I had never heard about ABA. So I'm just like, that's also a barrier. Um, There's there's hiring barriers. There's recruiting barriers. There's just general being aware of ABA barriers, Um, not having a mentor is a big one, I think though. Um, I, I have mentors, of course, but like it would also be so cool if more of them were people of color. And I think you all can agree. <laughs> um, turnover is a barrier because we will get BCBAs and BTs of color, but then they will leave. And it's just kind of like if a if if your employees of color are leaving, what are you doing about it? Like during the exit interview, are you asking them to stay? Are you actually fixing the problems that they had? Are you listening to them? Mm -hmm. Are you taking their feedback as like actual feedback and like making it action, like giving yourself actionable steps to fix what's making them leave? Or are you just kind of like, well, you're leaving. So I don't really care why you're leaving. I'm not going to fix anything because it works for me. I I think people underestimate how valuable exit interviews are because at that point they feel, or a lot of people feel um, like, I want to say emboldened to go ahead and let you know exactly where you can improve and you have to implement those improvements so that you can keep the next person of color that comes on, you know? So it's, um, I I I if if you're listening to this podcast and you are in that realm of doing exit interviews I would suggest definitely um taking that very seriously bringing feedback to other people and actually implementing changes to slow down turnover if the turnover is high in your area and um also I want to just say um yeah that that's where I think a lot of barriers for at least, um, workers of ABA could uh, like not get into the field. I, I know I feel like what everything I say is messy. I'm sorry, does, 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 no. does that make sense? No, sense yeah. yeah, same. I'm tracking with it. It's true, though, like,
2: um, you know, having taking advantage of those exit interviews, um, reaching out in different areas. I mean, Kia, you gave some really great examples, Sharon, Nikki you've said some other, like, you know, like valuable stuff, and mm-hmm. I think like the actionable steps
0: to me too is super awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I feel so if if you have a um a hiring and a recruiting team, please make sure that there's there's it's it's just a diverse group of people <laughs> like yeah. if if your if your recruiting team is all white, just like just think think about why. Think think about yeah. how that happens. Um, Like, do do you value diversity, Um, at least racial diversity? Are are you actually going into the community or are you always like hiring in the same areas and getting the same results? Um, Just uh, think about it (laughs) if you're listening. So that was great. And we're going to if um, last comments for that, and then we're going to go to our last topic. Does anybody have any more comments for barriers?
1: Yeah, just just as much as you said that the who's in your recruitment team, who's in your leadership team? That I cute. would love to see more leadership diversity within Cadian. Yeah. Um yeah. At least of the clinics I know I'm one of the few black CSs that that are there. Um, and that's within multiple regions. That's not just Atlanta. Um, me personally oh, yeah. I do have a, a goal for working with the working with training. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there needs to be and, and, and don't pick me for training because I'm black and I'm Dakota, right? Because of my years of experience and what I can bring. However, surface view, um, that that was a concern or is a concern that the leadership within KDN is not very diverse, um, as as it should be, um. So,
0: I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Thank you for Agreed. that. That was very good, or not very good, but, like, very good addition to to the subject. (laughs) All right, so lastly, I wanted to talk about self-care and uh, what we all do to make sure that we're taken care of first. And, like, I know that um, ABA is a very emotionally taxing job, even, like, from from BT all the way up it is it's 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 emotional and it's hard and but we love doing it. So like I wanted to know what y'all did for self-care.
1: So I'm a painter. So um I my median that I work in is watercolor. Awesome. So that's pretty much what I do. I do try to paint every day. Um it doesn't happen every single day. Um but I do Try to do that at the end of the day to kind of wind down and that's probably been like the most successful um thing for me i do work out but because i was an athlete in college i don't want to see that as self it's to me it's not like i work out for self. i just work out because that's just what i've been doing but um i guess it doesn't really relieve stress it's just kind of like something that i do but definitely painting um probably probably the biggest one and um I would say it's mostly in 2021. Um, I just saw the comment about, <laughs> the sorry. Um, mostly in 2021, I made that commitment because yeah, in 2020, as we all kind of know, knew with the pandemic, it was just a mess for everybody. Um, and I didn't really take a lot of time to myself. I was just so stressed out with getting stuff together for our clients and telehealth and discharge and all this stuff but when this year I was like no you got to start doing that because I felt myself getting like burnt out overwhelmed and I wasn't going to be able to be the best BCBA you know and forget about the job I wasn't the best sister I could be wife I could be daughter I could be friend I could be so with me implementing that um more is definitely made for a better like well-rounded Kia which has helped in like all areas of
3: my life
0: nice that was
3: so great that's really good. What about you, Sharon? Uh, for me, self-care. Um, knowing when to disconnect from like social media and the news and just everything. I feel like every day there's just something crazy going on and I get so consumed by it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like knowing when to put that technology away and just be in the moment. Um, self-care also looks like my plants. I have way too many. <laughs> okay. yeah. so, constantly take care of those. But for me, that's very therapeutic. Um, Just being outside and being out in the sun for me, is just so nice. So I try to make sure to implement that on a daily basis, Um, but also just creating boundaries, knowing when to turn the computer off, Not responding to messages Mm -hmm. at nine o'clock at night because, you know, we get messages all throughout the day. And uh, especially with this position, I feel like if you want to, you can really work all day. So for me, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, stop, eat dinner, take a shower, like relax, Mm -hmm. turn on the TV and just stop working. So I have to I have to do that. Otherwise, I'm going to be working all the time and going crazy.
0: Oh, yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: I am also a plant mom too. I love it. Okay. <laughs> yes. I find myself like setting aside time to go to different like nurseries. That's my, that's my time. Um, mm-hmm. I also have like, I've like, a t- I have two 10 foot garden boxes in my backyard. Oh, um, so I do a lot of that. I'm also really into like meditation, mm. yoga, and that kind of, um, like holistic self-care practice. Um, okay. yeah, I like to brew kombucha. Um, so that's kind of what I like to do. I like nice. to go running with my dog. Love it. That sounds yeah. lovely. Yes, it does. Well, Shauna, we're going to have to... I know. I'm going to have to let you have <laughs> some of like, my kombucha and we'll have to go like, look, yeah, because looking around, I'm like... I
1: want to go nursery shopping. Yes. Yes. yes, yes,
0: Let me <laughs> catch a flight. I know, yeah. <laughs> For me, like, I don't like water all that much. I don't like swimming, <laughs> but I like to dunk myself into water (laughs) um uh i I went to the spa yesterday i went to a korean spa for the very first time and um i was really excited about it because i've there's like no korean spa in portland i had to drive to the next city over and there's like one in that city um portland (laughs) but uh i went there and like she did this like scrub thing where she like took off all of my dead skin all over my body and I had to drive to the next city to do that, but I was so I'm so soft, y'all. <laughs> I'm, so <laughs> so I'm so happy with it. Um, of course, I do a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if you know if you guys knew that. Okay, so I do do a lot of writing, and that is uh, like I think my biggest self care. And then like once a month, I will go to the spa. And oh. Uh, oh, what else? Hmm. I uh, I watch cartoons a lot. I watch a lot of cartoons. <laughs> That's awesome. What's your favorite? (laughs) Um, Right now, I'm really into this cartoon on HBO by JG Quintel. He did like regular show, but he did this on a new show called Close Enough, and it's like for adults. And um, there's this Montessori teacher in it, and I really vibe with the um, the the daycare jokes that they say in that show, and I like the fact that they have like old people and like people in their 30s and young people and children and they're all protagonists and they they like I really love that in media I just love media so like I guess that's what I do for self-care
1: I love it mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> but yeah thank you all so much um at Kia and Shauna it was lovely having you on the yes. podcast and thank I hope to that. see you too again this was amazing yes and. I love- again f- for the listeners thank you so much for turning into episode three i hope we have you hooked and please join us for our next episode next month and of course the lovely sharon thank you so much oh, for you. joining us once again it was it, it was lovely seeing all of you yes, yes. amazing was so great. great thanks everyone all right well um that concludes our you know our episode for <laughs> black and behavior This has been Acadian Production.